0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Miles with Marty podcast. This is episode 54, and it's going to be a good one. I know I say that all the time, but I really mean it this time. Hell, I really mean it every time. My guest today is ultra runner Zach Bates and his mother, Raina. Zach was the first autistic runner to complete Western States, and he did it this year. There were actually two autistic runners at Western States this year, but Zach had the fastest time, so he became the first autistic runner to finish. He finished in just under 24 hours. Zach is only 21 years old, and this was his third 100-miler, and yep, you guessed it, he got in with one ticket first try. I really hope you enjoy it. We're going to jump right into it right after a little music, the intro, and a word about our two sponsors. Hello friends, this is the Miles with Marty Podcast, home base for running community love, and you are welcome here. We're sponsored by Squirrel's Nut Butter, and I really believe in this product. It is all natural. There is a total plant-based version, and there's also the Happy Toes product, which is just awesome. It's a restorative product as well as a lube that does a great job for your feet. So, I am now a loyal user and ambassador of Squirrel's Nut Butter. Spread the lube, and your blister and shaping issues will no longer be issues. You can find it on squirrelsnutbutter.com, Amazon, and coming soon to the local running stores near you. We're also sponsored by MetPro. These people are metabolism experts. Just because you're running all the miles and checking all the boxes with strength training workouts does not mean you won't gain weight. I can vouch for that personally. After I finished the uh, Keys 100, I actually started gaining weight, even though I was doing most of my workouts in the middle of the day, doing lots of sweating and practically starving myself to try to get lighter so my running effort would be less. But I did myself more harm than good. For one thing, if you starve yourself, you're on a slow road to overuse injury, and also you're not making any gains from the workouts that you do. And so I was able to team up with MetProbe In two weeks, I've lost right at 10 pounds because they've got me on this metabolism fat burning program. But once I get my weight in check and get down to the ideal goal weight that I need to be at for my height and for my running goals, then we start working on uh, energy level and how we can apply that and the metabolism into my training to make my performance better. And these people know what in the heck they're talking about. Check them out. They're on Instagram at MetProCo, and they're online at MetPro.co. And I'll say again, it's not just about weight loss, although they are freaking experts at that, but they're also about using your food as fuel to enhance your performance. They are experts at that. Your metabolism, that's what it was made to do. Give them a call, mention that you're with Miles with Marty, and they will give you a $500 discount. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Miles with Marty podcast and welcome Zach Bates and his mom, Raina.
1: Thanks for having us on.
0: Thank you. Yeah, It's, it's my pleasure. I got to uh, witness Zach crush Western States. I was not at the track when he finished. I was still, I think I might have been actually in a hotel asleep. I volunteered at Michigan Bluff until about 11 o'clock at night and then I made it over there to the track. I guess about nine or ten in the morning. But being a sub twenty-four, then you finished what around four thirty, four forty, something like that, AM, right? So that was well before daylight.
2: Yep. Still dark outside.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's yep. like that's like one of my big dreams. I, I have not been in the drawing yet for Western States. I am an ultra runner myself. I've done two hundred milers. Uh both of them were in Florida. 200s. And Western States is like my bucket list, you know. And I'll have my first ticket in the drawing this year. So hopefully, I'll be as lucky as you to get in there, there the first try. And Maybe. so, yeah, there, I've talked to, I've done several interviews with people that have run Western States this year because I was out there, and I've talked to two people already that got in before you, besides you, that got in on one ticket. And so it can happen.
2: Yeah. I yep. think I've, I've looked at the statistics, it's like a 1% chance.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. 1% percent's better than zero. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I don't remember what movie it is, but they say, so you tell me I've got a chance, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. Okay. So, Zach, what got you in? Did you run in school?
2: I ran in school. I ran in past country. I ran in track. Did
0: you? Yeah. So so what year what grade were you in when you started uh, running?
2: And again, I started right before high school. Okay. I, school. I don't think I was super fast in middle school. And well, I've not ran with the fastest people, but I feel like I've done pretty decent, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are better.
0: <laughs> well, you're still young, so you've got time to improve. A lot of the yeah. professionals don't really peak until later in life, like I just interviewed Harvey Lewis. Do you know who Harvey Lewis is?
2: Oh, I've heard of him. Um, he's gay. He's—I think he was more of a slow runner, but he—he's right. gone. He's been awesome. He's yep. done way at um, the backyard ultra, huh? Right.
0: Yeah. His his first marathon, he it was over five hours, and it took him five years before he could run a marathon slow faster than five hours. And now, you know, he's winning. Big races. He's been on the U.S. 24-hour team, you know. Uh, so yeah. he's so it's possible to get faster in your older ages, for sure. Yes. So, uh, so going back to school, then, what was your favorite? Was did you prefer uh, track over cross country, or one over the other, or did you love all of them the same? I,
2: like I liked cross country more.
0: So do you like to... now? Now I know you have done some uh, marathons too, right? You graduated from. From track in school, and then you ran, went and ran a marathon. Is that right?
2: I did run a marathon. I've ran two marathons now. Which which marathons have you run? I ran the Rock and Roll, and um, what was that first one?
1: It was a. I think it was the first year of this marathon called Beaver Canyon Marathon. It's over in Beaver, Utah. Okay. And it goes mostly pretty steep downhill, and that that can. If you don't know about squirrels' nut butter yet, it can really cause some big blisters.
2: Oh uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Is was that a rebel race downhill race?
1: Uh, I don't know what rebel race means, but okay. yeah, yeah. It
0: it's a company that puts on downhill races
2: a lot oh. for people yeah.
0: to do. You know, to have a chance to run a faster race. But oh. but downhill is not always good. It's it's very painful if you're not trained for downhill. That's for sure. Yeah. So which rock and roll was that? Was that the one near Phoenix? You all are in Arizona, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was in Tempe. That was actually just Tempe. in January.
0: Oh, okay. So the first one was the beaver. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did that go for you, Zach?
2: The marathon. When I got on mile 22, I kind of uh, slowed down and it wasn't moving very good. Yeah, no,
1: that's <laughs> the beaver. That was his second race post-high school but then rock and roll, you did a lot better.
2: Rock and roll, I did a lot faster, yeah. Yeah, like, when you, I'm sorry, you were saying? I was thinking that is like 30 minutes faster? Oh, faster. Wow. Maybe 25 minutes, 25 minutes faster.
1: Yeah. What did you finish? 317.
2: 317.
1: Yeah.
0: 317. Yes. So even the first one was uh, four hours, then, right?
2: Yeah. That one was like a 50 something.
0: Cool. Well, 317. Now, I don't even know what the standards are. Do you even care anything about Boston qualifying? Are you interested in <laughs> that? That
2: would be cool. I've thought about that a little
0: Do you know what the time is for your age group to get into Boston?
2: Really fast. It's like, <laughs> I got at least get into three hours. Do yeah. you?
0: Well, you could probably do that, huh? You got time.
2: Yeah, I can do that.
0: Now, when you were training for your marathon, did you have a coach at the time or did you look up a training plan? How did that go?
2: We didn't really have a coach. I I don't know. I kind of just did it.
1: Yeah. Back when we first started this journey, um, I don't know if you want Zach to tell that story of what what made him decide to start running after high school. And then I can kind Uh, of explain.
2: I wanted to do my 100 miler, Corvato, Mumble 100 miler. Well, I wasn't thinking about take a particular hundred mile, or, but I wanted to do a hundred mile. Or, yeah, it's nice.
1: Yeah. So he came to me on graduation day, and um, after we he walked off the field and got his diploma, he said, "Mom, before my next birthday, I'm going to run a hundred mile race." <laughs> and at that point, you know, he's just doing high school track and cross country, so um, that was a big jump.
2: Yeah, I was doing five case. <laughs> So how did you how did you even hear about 100 mile races? I don't know, I was just looking up if, um big races cuz I wanted I want to see how big races got and I saw some pretty big races and I was thinking of going for 100 mile. Gets about double digits? Yeah. They look nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did you see those on like uh YouTube or was it on Google or how, where did you
2: see I them? I saw them on YouTube, yeah. Oh yeah. I watched multiple videos of people doing the race oh yeah now I was I was a big
0: fan of those videos back when uh COVID came around I was doing uh, marathons a lot of marathons at the time and all the marathons got canceled because of you know you couldn't have public gatherings and so I started watching those videos too and Billy Yang videos of uh you know western states. I think there's one called Western Time that he did. And mm. uh, and then there were some really there's a bunch of really good ones about Western states in particular that I watched every single one of them. And also there are some good ones that Aravipa does. Uh they use they call their ch- uh YouTube channel Run Steep Get High.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh that's where I discovered Havelina. And I know you're familiar with Havelina too, right? Yeah I am. Yeah, but in, so now speaking of uh, the videos, it seems like I heard a story somewhere that you got to meet Billy Yang. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I've met Billy Yang. I've met him at um, the Western States training camp, which is cool. And I, I'm gonna follow about Western States too. I think. Yeah. Yeah, we. That's, that's where I met him too.
1: We saw him interviewing um, Arlen Glick at the end of the second day of the training camp, and. I didn't even really know who he is. I should be ashamed of myself, but I didn't know. But our friends that were with us, who um, was one of them, was Zach's pacer, John, um, said, Hey, that's Billy Yang over there. And he told his wife, Take Raina over there and make her talk to Billy Yang. <laughs> yeah. And so she drugged me over there. And I was like, No, it's okay. We don't need to interrupt him. But she drugged me over there. And I told him about Zach and he, he asked if he could do a little interview with Zach, which was super fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's he's like, you know, he I, I saw an interview that Billy Yang was doing with Dean Carnassus Do you know who that is, Zach?
2: Yeah, I know who Dean Carnassus is.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Billy told Dean, he's he, right at the start of the interview. He said, you are the reason that I'm here doing ultras, you know, and and then when I got to meet Billy Uh, Billy is the reason that I run ultras because when COVID the world was shut down and I was sick for the first week and I was home watching those videos on TV and, and that seeing those videos that Billy Yang made is what made me take up trail running and running ultras. So it was like meeting one of my heroes to meet him. Oh yeah.
1: That's awesome. Cool. Well, we got to meet both of those men at Western States. Zach got to meet Dean Carnassus for the first time, and that was really fun.
2: Yeah, we
0: got,
1: signed his book for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, I got to interview him for the podcast, and then I got, I saw him at at Western States too, and got to talk to him. And you know what's really cool about the sport of ultra running is everybody treats you as an equal, even the stars of the sport are very welcoming, and, you know, they don't act like they're better than you or anything. They're very down-to-earth people, and uh, it's 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 nice to know that.
1: Yeah. It's your hope, That's humanity. One of the things we love about this sport is just it does – it is very welcoming, and, you know, everybody's out there being competitive, but I think they're mostly being competitive with their own self, and right.
0: it is an isn't. Well, they still
2: want to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Winning is nice, right? Yeah, everybody. they are like, I want to go and try to win. When you
0: decided that, now you had already decided in high school that you wanted to do a 100 miler. Yeah. So you felt like you had to do a marathon first just to prove to yourself that you could do it or to prove to mom that you could do it?
2: I think um, probably to my mom more. I <laughs> felt like in my mind, I always like was past the marathon. I felt like, I got my phone, no problem. I wanted to try to do something bigger.
1: Yeah, I was a little bit nervous because he wanted to jump right in and do a hundred mile race. And I was like, okay, that's your birthday's like eight months from now. And that was his goal. He wanted to do it before his birthday. That's not very long to build a foundation for a hundred mile race. And so I was like, let's let's schedule a 50 miler. And then build up to that 50 miler. And in that process, he did a half marathon then he did a marathon. Then he did the 50 miler. And then there were several other races in between, like 50 K's and 25 K's. And then he did his 100 miler. He had about a race every month um, during that training cycle. And um, I think by the time he did his 50 miler, I felt like, okay, yeah, I believe he can do this.
0: So this is this question is for you then, Raina. So. Did you know, were you familiar with the race community? Did you know what 100 milers, what they were all about and, you know, the journey to those or the training for them or anything?
1: I I didn't really know much at all. You know, um, I knew what marathons were about. I had run a marathon, you know, a bunch of years ago, okay. um, just once. So I can check it off my bucket list. <laughs> I'd never, you know, been in a trail running community before. And we grew, Zach grew up in Flagstaff. There's a huge trail running community there, but we weren't involved in that community at the time because we just didn't know um, that he was going to end up being um, so involved in it. Um, but we just decided to start picking up some books. We found, um, several books about ultra running and read them. I sat down and Zach and I read them out loud together and discussed the topics and, you know, about learning about feet and gear and, you know, all the things that you need to learn about, um, about ultra running. And we learned a lot from that. Um, and I found some training guides and things online and in the back of that book, um, you know, and tried to go off of that, but it became apparent pretty quick um leading into that 50 mile race which was in September that we were kind of in over our head and you know me not knowing a lot about ultra running and running in general and you know Zach trusts people more that have experience <laughs> and so yeah. like trusting me just studying about it and trying to guide him and and coach him and help him with that there was just a level of trust that he didn't have in me which was completely deserved So we started searching for some help um, pretty early on in this journey. Um, Anyway, we found Zach. You can tell him about finding Uh, John.
2: Oh, John, um, I think was not a little bit after the marathon or after my 50 mile. I think actually Mm -hmm. it was after my 50 mile. So that was after a few months in, huh?
1: Yeah, my training. John has paced him at all of his 100-mile races and has just been a huge supporter. He likes to take photography of Zach and yeah. tell, tells us all about the best gear and, um, you know, make sure that we do what we need to do to stay healthy. So he's kind of a local mentor who's run, like, Tahoe 200 and, you know, Haveline 100 and some different big races like that. So he's been a good resource for us and just a really good friend. And then not too long after that, we found Zach's coach, Nicodemus, and that's just kind of where everything turned, is when Nicodemus came on board. And, um, you know, we just felt like we had really good guidance since then.
0: Yeah. So did you all meet John at a race?
1: No, we just were asking around. And, um, you know, in the community, does anybody know anybody in this community that runs ultramarathons? We live in a small town that doesn't have a huge running community. And so, you know, it was hard to find somebody. But yeah, grateful for
0: that crazy John runs all those long races. Talk to him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a few months before, it would have been nicer for us, sooner. but like three months before I got my trainer, Nicodemus De La Verza. He's an awesome trainer. Nicodemus? Yeah. For three months, which I guess wasn't two, three months is a whole lot, but he helped a lot during those three months. And then he's helped me get a lot stronger for um, these races.
0: So he started coaching three months before Coldwater?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So he was your coach then before you did the 50-miler, just not for very early. No. Coldwater was in 22. Right?
1: Yeah, January of 22. So it was it was probably in October, like the month after he did his 50-miler. Yeah.
2: So, so what was that 50-miler called? could Du. Really, it was a really hot race. It was like over 100 degrees. Wow. It was pretty hilly, and that way I ended up walking a lot of it because I was just getting burnt out in the heat and I was feeling drained from it that way. so I finished in just under twelve hours, yeah which is good.
1: It was a fun race. It was like a a little family operated race. It didn't have a lot of entrance. I think I think there were like twelve entrants, but it was like so hot, like they gave people the opportunity to step down in distance so. Half the entrance stepped down to the shorter distance. And so only six people started the 50 miler and only three p- people finished. And that included Zach, who ended up with a first place male finish at that race. All right. So that was pretty
0: fun. Start off your ultra career with a hundred percent on the ultra sign up, right? Yeah. <laughs> After that, then you go to the sky peaks. Is that the second race?
2: Um Steph? yeah I did in the sky peaks. That race was a pretty good race i was I beat um some really great runners. I felt like i that proved that I was a really great runner um but during that race, um I actually got a sprained ankle like six miles before the finish line I think, and um I still was able to pass people. I just walked off and then I ran I was starting to run trick. I was trying to be careful, but I finished strong. And that was a really great race for me,
1: yeah, he got sixth overall at that race, so but, yeah that was i was I was blown away.
2: My spring ankle was um frustrating. probably took months for it to really get good again. here my foot got a little swollen from that race,
0: yeah, it's hard for us to stop running long enough to let injuries like that heal up, right?
2: <laughs> I was running still after I was pretty much running on the flat road. I did hail from it.
0: So let's see. After that, what was, I see you had, uh, I guess, was your next race Coldwater Rumble after you did that Sky Peaks? Or did you it do it? Between- well,
2: I do have a lot of runs after that. Okay. Yeah, because- Pass Mountain. I have a list of these races. I have a Pass Mountain 50K, Meme Night Runs. That was a really good run. that night. I got on the podium for that one. All right. And then Coldwater Rumble. Which had a lot of media for me.
0: Yeah.
2: Like cameras. Oh yeah? Yeah. Cause I w- I was having a documentary for that first race.
0: So yeah, I saw the trailer for that documentary. So that's what how long before that race did they start kind of following you? Did they get some of the training too?
2: Yeah, a little it was a few weeks be- before I would say. Okay.
1: Yeah, they came out to our house a few weeks before. So the the um director, um um, Travis Hamilton. He heard about the story of Zach doing this hundred mile race because a story was put into the um, our local newspaper here, and that I had shared that on Facebook. And he got um, a hold of that and thought that was really cool um, what Zach was doing. Within an hour of reading that newspaper article, he called me and asked me if if he could make a documentary about Zach. So that was pretty cool.
0: Well, I tell you what, I. I watched the trailer. And I said, "Wow, this is a this is a serious, high quality. This not just as a YouTube video. This is a real film that you know. I didn't get to make it. I was in Olympic Valley that night that they showed it. I I told my wife earlier tonight. I wish I would have been in Auburn and gotten to see that that night that it played before the race. But I was in Olympic Valley.
1: Yeah, he produced it for the big screen, so it takes a lot more. Like he would set up his whole setup in our family room and he'd hear a little hum um, and say, okay, what is that sound? And realize it's a refrigerator and we'd have to unplug the refrigerator (laughs) so that that hum wasn't in the background. He, he did a really good job just being so precise about everything and making it really high quality.
0: Yeah. You could tell he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so, I see. So Coldwater was the first 100 miler. So I know you are all excited when you get there, right?
2: Yeah, I was. It was decided to do my first 100. Now, when is your birthday? March 2nd.
0: March 2nd. So you did. You were able to to get to your 100 miler before your birthday. Yeah,
2: one yeah. month before. All right. So I came for it for like for seven months, I guess. Yeah. So
0: in training for that, that was, that's a big step of a hundred from 50 miles to a hundred. I know personally that once you, I don't know uh, when you cross that line, but you had already proved to yourself that you can do hard things because you ran six miles on that sprained ankle and -hmm. you also had trouble in that other race with the heat. Right. Mm -hmm. So did that teach you something about your toughness that, that where you were, did it give you confidence going into that race?
2: Yeah, I felt like I had a uh, decent confidence. Well, I was feeling pretty nervous for those. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, yeah. Something, it's something about the unknown distance. It's it makes you nervous, but it's a good kind of nervous, right?
2: It's, yeah.
0: There's there's really nothing better than standing at that start line with and you know, even people that have done it maybe seven, eight, ten times before. In the hundred mile distance, a lot of things can go wrong. And so every single one of those people have some nervous energy going on. And that's a really good feeling to have standing at that finish line. That's what makes it attractive to me is that there's no guarantee that I can do well or even finish, you know? So there's a fear of failure involved with everybody. everybody. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say, I mean, he, he did really well, you know, starting through the race, but I think because he just didn't have the years of training that a lot of people have before attempting a hundred mile race, um, his foundation wasn't quite as strong as it needed to be at that point. And, um, and it may have been just as a result of that sprained ankle that he had at Flagstaff sky peaks a couple of months before that he may have been favoring it a little bit or who knows. But he ended up with a with a rotator cuff injury in his um, hip um, at the tail end of that race. And it ended up, you know, really causing some trouble um, and slowed him down a lot. And,
2: like the last 15 miles, I would say.
1: Yeah. But he knew, you knew the whole time that there was plenty of time on the clock to get it done before the cutoff
2: yeah i was ahead of the cutoff i was just worried about making it over there yeah so did you have to do
0: what they call death march the last 15 miles
2: yeah i guess so i was just just going i I went for the stick i finally dropped the stick and just was almost chugging along just a little yeah i did did get some like pain medicine or like Tylenol, Tylenol. Mm-hmm. like there was this one, there was this one, which was nice. He gave me the Tylenol, which was nice of him. Yeah. After that, I was chugging along, and then I s- somehow just started running again. I think I got, I got close to a ten-minute pace. Wow!
0: Even wow. with injury. So, is cold water? Is that a point-to-point race or is it a loop race? A loop it twenty is. miles. So it's it's kinda like javelina then like
2: yeah that. it's javelina. It's a little harder than Havelina. Is it? Yeah. More elevation gain? It's got a couple of thousand more feet. It's got eight thousand feet. It's got more rocks. The rocks kite quite annoying for Colorado.
0: Yeah. So you learned some good lessons at Coldwater to carry forward for your next hundred?
2: Yeah. And then at Havelina, um I stopped a lot less. It was A lot better. I was able to get that one in Endo twenty four. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was
0: Havelina is in October. So you had about eight months, nine months to train for that from cold water. Right.
1: He also had canyons right in the middle of that too. So he did canyons in April after cold water and then he did Havelina in October.
0: Okay. So you had so you had two different uh, qualifying races for western states there,
2: oh yeah, it did. he did yeah. so I had...
0: so Kenya's it uh, seemed like I heard goes the opposite direction of western states, is that correct?
2: it does, it's going In up well, that... and that was, actually before the race, I did get lost, I did get sick before the race, oh yeah, yeah. like
0: stomach stomach sick or like a cold type sick,
2: uh, mostly stomach, I would say
1: yeah it was the day let's see oh, yeah the day before my the race
2: to kill you though, I guess yeah,
1: we think he had food poisoning. He was <laughs> thrown all day the day before the race and just <laughs> we were worried that he wasn't even going to be able to do it, but we had a lot a lot going on there. We had um um NBC Nightly News had reached out to us to do a story and they were coming out to cover the story of Zach at Canyon's endurance runs and then he ended up being sick the whole day before but we ended up getting him an iv to try to help um you know rehydrate him that evening
2: and i didn't really eat all day either so
1: yeah he was kind of drained so it probably wasn't his best performance after all that but well, he did amazing i was
2: happy with it yeah it took me 17 and a half hours yeah. I was like,
0: yeah
2: so what's the elevation gain for
0: the canyons race
2: elevation, I think it's like 15,000 feet, I would say.
0: Wow. About. So you get a lot of all of that part of the course that's downhill is uphill for that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh that made
2: Western States seem easy, right? Western States, not really. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. So, <laughs> yeah, Western, States, <laughs> Western States, I would say that's about my best race, it feels like. Yeah. I some 50 guys, but. This race, um, I was able to really get great negative splits. I, th- I learned that I could go fast after sixty miles into a hundred. I kept moving fast. I not really done nine either. One, of my other hundred miles, my other hundred miles, I kind of just slowed down. Yeah, this hundred, but Western states, I got negative splits. That yeah. was awesome.
0: Avelina is going to be my third 100 miler. So I hope I have the same kind of experience. I hope that I learned there that I can move faster after 60 miles too. Yeah. Like I'm going to really work hard between now and then to, to get there. Nice. But so, one thing I wanted to ask you so after you did cold water, your legs, were they really, really sore the next day?
2: <laughs> yeah. They so were. Well,
0: had you already signed up for Canyon's bef- after before you ran cold water were you already registered for Canyon's I think it was
2: after
1: I think it was after
0: How long did it take after
1: Oh gosh I'm trying to remember I I think we waited a little while um before deciding to do that um, maybe a month after you know just watching and seeing how his hip was doing It took a little bit a little while for him to recover from cold water um um longer than it has from any other race just because yeah. of that injury and um he was pretty beat up after that
2: I, mean, yeah. I i was acting like i wasn't i was acting pretty um frustrated for like almost a couple of weeks i was like grumpy after that race <laughs> i was
1: yeah i think it drained a lot more than just the physical like I think it even, I don't know, I've heard of other people getting like this fuzzy head after doing a hundred mile race yeah, where you just, your thoughts don't come as quickly and, you know, just, I don't know, it takes a lot out of your whole body mentally and physically, emotionally to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that because I'm a slower runner than Zach. So like my fastest 100 miler is like 28 hours and so that all of that time that you're awake and on your feet it's like your brain it gets tired as much as your legs do and i can shoot it was probably over a week before you know because i had to come right back and go to work and it was probably over a week before i could really think clearly and do my job uh Efficiently, effectively, I guess is the word. Yeah. But so, so did you, even though you were hurting, your body was hurting, did you already know that you wanted to do another 100 miler
2: as soon as it was over, or were you not sure? I wasn't sure. I don't think. Uh, I think I started thinking about it days after I was thinking about a letter. And then for a 100, I'm um, going to talk about, about 100. For a 100, it was going to get close. To it was going to get full if we didn't hurry up and sign up. And then I was like, uh, just sign that. So I just signed up for the race. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, kind I of-
0: signed up this year when I, I didn't want it to sell out. So as soon as it – I set my alarm for uh, New Year's Day. I think it's 4 a.m. M- my time when it went on sale. And I set my alarm to get up and register as soon as it went on sale for this coming year. How did it
1: sell out this year? This, how fast did it sell out?
0: Oh, it took it took several months, but I was I was worried that it was going to, uh, and so I'm an overachiever like that. <laughs> so, y- did
2: you wear a costume? No, I didn't wear a new costume.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've asked. I've had people ask me if I was going to wear a costume, and uh, I'm not that comfortable doing hundred milers yet. though I feel like I can do it in a costume? Maybe one day. But we
1: thought about maybe wearing a flash t-shirt. You know, the flash, <laughs> but. We didn't. We didn't make it that far to getting that done. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Now, so to try to tie something together, when you were at Coldwater, did you happen to meet? Because it seems like my buddy Rob, who was your pacer at Western States, ran Coldwater. Was he? Did you happen to meet him there that year? or Did you know him?
2: Yeah. Um. But Coldwater is the first time I met Rob. Okay, so you did meet him uh, there. He came in a little before me, and he got a crowd of people in the line.
1: Yeah, we had a neat experience with Robin at that race, um, and we're just grateful to him. So he finished, and he was cheering Zach on um, throughout the race and just, you know, excited to kind of watch Zach go through that. And he finished, I don't know, maybe an hour before Zach. And as Zach was getting close to the finish line, he went up and down, out and back um, where all the tents were and just said, Hey, you guys, come on, let's go to the finish line. Let's make a tunnel for Zach. And so everybody kind of put their hands up and he's the one that orchestrated that. And it was really special to us. And so when, when Zach's coach couldn't come and pace him out at Western States this year, he was the first person that we thought of. Um, and we're just so grateful he was able to come out cause that was really special to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I heard that. Uh- during the pacing that he, that both of your pacers had a hard time keeping up with you, right?
2: Yeah, they did. <laughs> Bob was having um, a hard time because Bob actually paced me at Western States. Right. Which was really cool to have him pace me. And he was having a hard time keeping up with me.
1: He was and determined to keep up, though, and he did.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he was getting one now. And then, I, then at the end, I had John paced me. And he didn't keep up the entire way. Yeah. I heard
0: heard that you dropped him with a few miles left to go in the race, right? Yeah, like four (laughs) miles. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it was, we're so grateful for both of those men though. Like um, they were both super incredibly helpful and encouraging. They knew what he needed to do to get to the next aid station by a certain time and kind of mapped out. You know, Zach really wanted to get that sub 24 and he was determined that he was going to catch up that time that he had lost during that snow section. He'd lost about two hours of, um, time for pacing it out for 24 hours. And, um, Robin, you should have seen what they did during that time from, from Forest Hill to, um, Rucky Chucky is about 18 miles and they were booking it. They were going so fast. Like, under nine minute miles, that whole section. And, and, um, it was, it was amazing. I I was super shocked about what they were able to accomplish to make up that lost time. And then, um, Zach started getting hope again that he could actually finish under 24 after that section with Rob. And so that was, that was just invaluable. That effort that he put forth to get Zach to that point, um, and make up so much time. And then John came in and, you know, there's a lot of steep sections in that last 22 miles. um, uh, And um, Zach already had it in his heart that he was going to just keep going fast. And, um, you know, John, John did his very best. (laughs) And he John came in before the 24-hour mark. You know, Zach had left him behind about four miles. And John came in, he's like, I still would have got him in (laughs) under 24 (laughs) hours,
2: would have just stayed
1: with me. But he was grateful that Zach went ahead and um, you know, kind of sad that he couldn't see Zach at the finish line, but would rather Zach did his best than him being able to see Zach go through the finish line. So, yeah, it was good.
0: That's awesome. In those first thirty miles going up that in the snow, Zach, what was it that caused you to slow down? Could you just was it so slippery that you just couldn't run?
2: Well, those quite a those like a line of people. It's like we we're in a line on a single track trail, and but you couldn't pass anybody. Well, I guess I could pass people, but like not very efficiently. No, right.
1: No. So it was kind of a combination of it being slick and having a lot of people go slow and being trapped behind a lot of people.
2: Maybe at the beginning it could have gone a little faster. I was trying to take it easy.
0: Yeah. So it was that first like four miles is really steep, right? Yeah. Going up to the top of that first climb. Now it was and they say the snow was uh because it was start thawing and then freeze again, that it was it was it's not like you're stepping in snow and your feet are
2: going in. It's like you're, it's uh, hard. The top of it is hard, right? Like ice? Yeah, it was pretty hard in ice. There's was um, some hills where we slid down like a slide.
0: Yeah. A lot of people said that they were sliding down on their butt uh, instead yeah. of running down the hills. Did you do that in any?
2: I did. I think <laughs> about quite a few times.
0: <laughs> did you get skint? Did your butt get skint from sliding? No. No? I know one of the girl, the girl that I talked to, who was the last finisher in the Golden Hour, she had on some really short shorts, she said, and she got like a scrape on her butt from sliding down the hill. Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, yeah.
0: So did you, now, did you fall at all in the
2: snow? No. No?
0: Did you see lots of people falling?
2: I did see people falling. It felt like I should have fallen. I was like, <laughs> around. And... But I didn't fall. So, what kind of paces were? Did you look at your watch? What kind
0: of paces were you holding in the snow?
2: We really did like sixteen or eighteen minute miles. Yeah, something like that. I don't know.
0: So, when you get to the first cruise stop, which is about, is that Robinson Flat? Is that when that? That's about mile thirty. Mm-hmm. And you said you were like two hours behind your pace that you needed to be at to get twenty. So, twenty four. Is that right?
2: Two hours behind. Yeah.
0: And so, were you panicking at that point, or, or were you already adjusting your goals?
2: Oh, no. I think maybe I was panicking a little bit. This idea is try to go fast and just try to get into 24. If I wasn't able to get into 24, I was going to try to finish. Or now, maybe try to go for 25. I, I don't know.
0: Now, when you're running and you're training, when you're going on uphill on the steep hills, do you run those, or do you power hike them, or do you try to mix it up? Run as much as you can until you feel like you need to walk.
2: I was walking up them.
1: What about, like, on training at Mount, like, Mount Ord?
2: But Mount Ord? Oh, yeah, I was running at Mount Ord up and down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of his training runs at this mountain called Mount Ord that's um, kind of between Payson and Phoenix here in Arizona, and it mimics the elevation of western states really well so it's a um i think he would often do a double run up and down the mountain which is 27 miles and it would be end up about fifty-five hundred feet of gain so kind of equal to what you would do at western states but he would run that whole thing
2: yeah
0: cool so you were ready for the hills for the climbs yeah i was ready for And so then you get to mile 60, uh, Forest Hill is where you picked up Rob for your pacer.
2: I picked up Rob. There's this guy filming me, which was cool. He was doing a live of me, he's talking to me. And he he was, I was talking about how I was going to try to get into 24. And Rob said he he was going to get me under, he was getting that I was going to get into 24. Yeah. so how
0: many, do you know what the time was that it took you to get to Forest Hill? Like how many hours? Because that would have been 100K right there.
2: I don't remember how much hours it is.
1: I can't think of when that, what time that was.
2: So what
0: kind of paces were were you having to run from there to, to get on? You said you all were running like under nine minute pace a lot of time?
2: Yeah, when you were going downhill, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a nice. That's a nice long downhill from there, right? Like 18 miles or something like that? Yeah. All right, so you finally get to the. Uh, it's like one really big climb before you get into Auburn, right? That's re- that's really steep. Is that right?
2: Yeah. It was, and then you uh, get into uh,
0: Auburn on the streets again. Are there anybody, any people on the streets from the town cheering that early in the morning?
2: There were some people. Yeah. So more people are doing the go now. Like when it's like ten o'clock there. Right. Yeah, there were hundreds of people out there then. Yeah.
0: So when you when you make it to that track, how did that feel? Was there a guy waiting at the gate on the track?
2: At the gate? Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. I know. Well, there was a score that video recorded me
0: around the track. They ran around with you recording you? Yeah. And so you had watched many videos of people running around that track, right, in the past? Yes. So how did that feel to be able to do it yourself?
2: That was fun. I enjoyed um, that last track spot, just just running in, running in a nice, quick pace at the end.
1: That's this thing that he loves to do. Um, he just loves a fast finish. And um, he'll just do whatever it takes to push himself in and just run in through the finish line. And wherever the last bit of the race is that people can watch him, he'll just pick up his pace and go really quick all the races that he does. And there was this guy that had already entered the track and they were filming him. And then all of a sudden Zach just like, whoops, passed him. (laughs) (laughs) They had to switch gears and start talking about Zach. (laughs) So that was kind of fun to go back and watch the, um, the live broadcast of that and just kind of hear their commentary. It was really cute.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to check that out. So Mm -hmm. you, now when you, come in there you you already saw on your watch that you were going to be sub 24 so you were feeling good about that
2: yeah i was feeling good i, I um realized in two miles about a couple miles before the finish i was gonna get into 24 yeah that's awesome and i did by quite a bit i got um 23 hours and 37 minutes right so did you meet any cool uh, – yeah, I know
0: uh, just in my – the two places that I went to, like Michigan Bluff and at the finish line in the start, I met a lot of really cool uh, professional runners. Did you meet any of those or, or veterans of the sport that were working at aid stations?
2: Scott Jurek was one of them. Scott Jurek? I took a picture of him.
0: Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What about – did you see Tim Tweetmeyer? Do you know who he is? I'm not
2: sure.
1: We've got a photo with him in it and we'd met him at the training camp, but I right. don't know that we purposely took a picture oh, yeah. with him or purposely met him, but had a little bit of interaction. It was really great.
2: Yeah.
0: I think he worked at El Dorado aid station, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a you know, he's he's finished the race twenty five times under twenty four hours and what is it? Fifteen consecutive top five finishes, I believe. It was great, and, and won it five times. I mean, he's he's a rock star in that community for sure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, he he hangs out. I I want. I don't know if he gets there as early as you came through. I think he hangs out closer to the golden hour at that final aid station when you first. You know, it's like two miles from the track or whatever, and he runs in those people at the end to try to rush them to make sure they get in under the
2: wire. Get under 20 or 30 hours. (laughs) 30 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And those people get in. They got to go so fast. And then when you hear those drums, it's like 10 minutes before. It's like boom. That means just go all out. Yeah. Just go.
0: Did you all watch stay and watch the golden hour or come back and watch that? Yeah, we
2: were yeah. there. I, w- I was there the entire time, actually. I just, was you? Yeah, and I, didn't, I think I slept like 15 30 minutes. <laughs> I didn't sleep that much. I, yeah. needed to sleep. I was just for a lot of hours. I was having a hard time sleeping because my legs were like constantly just in pain. Yeah, I was like, uh, I try to lay down. And then my legs like were and I was like, ugh, I was having a hard time falling asleep. Yeah, that's the way I am the first day. I don't, you know, normally
0: you people always ask me, you know, how long did you sleep and how much did you eat? And I don't really have an appetite the you know, that right after the race, and I can't sleep because I'm so achy. But the next day I sleep really well that night and I eat a lot of food the next day. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> So speaking of food, so what is your, uh, what do you fuel with? What do you like to use for your fuel?
2: I use a lot of gus. I have snacks. I like getting food at the aid station. Bean burritos are nice. Oh, yeah? Uh, that's really nice.
1: Yeah, use yeah. Tailwind um, in his pack. Try to get as many calories liquid as we can. And then he supplements at the aid stations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you're a, a Hoka guy, right?
2: Yeah, I like Hoka. I wear those shoes all the time.
0: Yeah. Do you, you Did I hear you say somewhere that you like the Speed Goats?
2: Speed Goats? I did a Speed Goat race. I haven't won Speed Goat no, shoes. No, the, the Speed, speed Goat goats. shoes.
1: Yeah, the Hoka Speed Goats. Is oh, the Hoka
2: do. Speed Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have the, the Speed Goat 5s or or the older ones?
2: I have a couple, a few different Speed Goats.
0: Okay. No, yeah, that's I wear the Speed I've got the Speed Goat 5s. I really like those.
2: I wore that at the second half. The race. Oh yeah. What did you wear in the first half? I wore um. Tecton. Oh, Tecton.
1: Yeah. Okay. Tecton two X. And then he re- he wore that till Robinson Flat, and then we had a couple different speakouts. We swapped him into at, at um Robinson Flat, and then again at
0: first Hill. So. So you got so you used the squirrels nut butter. So you got no blisters,
2: right? Didn't get any blisters. You, All well, your, are your
0: toenails intact?
2: I lost two toenails.
0: <laughs> it's hard not to with, with when it's rocks on the court. Did you kick some rocks? Is that or from running downhill?
2: Running downhill, I kicked some rocks. Yeah, yeah. What ha- yeah. happens?
0: Yep. Now, are you a music person? Do you listen to music when you run? Yes, you do. What's what kind of playlist? If I were to listen to your playlist, what kind of music do you have? What kind of bands?
2: I don't know. I've listened to pop, those Mad Dragons, that's a thing I've listened to. I've listened to a bunch of different music, I guess. I've been signed to enjoy the Beatles. Oh yeah? Yeah, they'll have really great music.
1: So yeah, he didn't end up listening to any music during during Western states, but um some of the other races he he's done that.
0: Yeah. So you was that your first one to go with no music at all? No, I, I think
1: the first hundred probably, but some of the shorter races. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, some of the some of the trail races, they actually tell you they don't want you to u- to use headphones, and so, and I'm I'm like that. If I'm doing a trail race, I'm so clumsy that sometimes I don't listen to music, so I will be more focused on my footing because I do fall down a lot, <laughs> and I'm older, so when I fall, I might break something. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, one thing I want, uh, there's two more things I saw on uh, the notes that I made that I wanted to ask you about. Well, really, three. First off, I saw you did the Crown King Scramble back in March before Western States. I've got a good friend that did that race. So I saw the race profile for that race, and that's like 50K. It's like 48 of the 50K is like all uphill, right? And then you have like a little downhill at the top. Yeah. Um, how did that go for you? Did you
2: have uh, any stories from that? Mm, I don't know. well, that
1: was your second, second attempt at that race the first uh, time at
2: Crown King,
1: yeah,
2: oh yeah, um at that race it was it wasn't quite as hot. it was pretty nice. There was some river, river crossings though yeah you had I had to walk through, which would like you had to stop and walk through, and it was pretty cold, wow, yeah, yeah. And it's
0: like straight up heel, right. Yeah, there's
1: 6,500 feet of elevation gain in that race, which is a lot in a 50K.
0: Yeah.
2: And,
1: um, yeah, the first year he did that, um, he did it in just under six hours. Wow. And this time he did it in just over under five and a half hours. So we we're pretty proud of him for that huge improvement. And not only, you know, just time in general, but just he ran a really smart race this last time. He just kept his paces really even. and um, I think his coach was super proud of him after that race. um just reviewing his splits and everything he he ran that really, super clean.
0: yeah, cool. well, so and I also I want to ask you, so I'm running Havelina this year, so I want you to give me some tips on what I need to do to have a successful race. For that, did you did you have a crew and pacers there for that, or how did you do with that? Yeah,
2: I did have crew and pacers. Um, so was John one of your pacers for that? Yeah, he, he paced me. No,
1: oh, I think actually Nicodemus paced you.
2: No, Nicodemus. Yeah. John paced me 68. Okay. Nicodemus has paced me at the end in my first 200s. Oh, okay. So he just wasn't able to make it
0: for Western States. He did Coldwater and Havelina at the end. Mm-hmm.
1: And then... Yeah, we learned a lot of lessons um, at Coldwater that we implemented at um, Javelina 100 for as far as crewing goes. Um, we decided at that race, because it's a looped race, it's um, easier to crew because you're seeing him every 20 miles. And we had decided to use two packs. And so we would switch his packs really quickly. Um And so that was a neat thing that we learned at that race is just two packs packs instead of one. And then, um, Mm -hmm. we just were really good at kind of dividing up the um, responsibilities of our crew members. Like two people were taking care of his feet and one person was taking care of his electronics and I was taking care of his, you know, electrolyte mix and his, um, repacking his fuel in his pack and things like that. So this crewing, as far as dividing up that, responsibility is a really helpful thing and it's just nice for him not to have to think of anything just sit there and just be taken care of really quickly um and just be able to kind of utilize that time to get some food inside of him
0: yeah, yeah. so do you sit down every loop after every loop because for me I'm not sitting down you try to
2: sit down more after 60 miles just because i get one out but at western states i only sat down twice
0: yeah. I, you had, well, you that, yeah, you were on a I mission.
2: What? Yeah, you were on a mission to get
0: that silver buckle, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what? Was, what was that your PR in time uh, at Western States, or did did you do faster at Havelina? Uh,
2: Havelina was a little bit faster. Was it? It was like twenty three hours and seventeen minutes. Okay. And Western States is twenty three hours and thirty seven minutes.
0: So a whole lot more elevation gain. At which yeah. pace, right? Mm-hmm. Like 10,000 or 12,000 feet more or something like that? Yeah. So now, Javelina, it's, it, it's like, is it uh, like the first half of each loop is uphill? Is that right? A little bit uphill?
2: I don't remember too much. But I remember there was like a good section at the end of the race. I mean, not the end. The end of the loop is getting more steady downhill. Um, I think it was uphill, Yeah.
0: So if you don't have any races going on in October, you can come over there and be my pacer if you'd like.
2: Maybe I would do that.
0: Have you ever paced anybody else before?
2: I'm paced a few. You have?
1: Yeah, before he did Coldwater Rumble, he paced um, a couple of people. He was going to pace our friend John at Javelina, um before he did Coldwater, but John ended up dropping the race. And we found a couple of strangers we didn't know, and he paced 20 miles for each of those guys which was really fun. And then one of those guys ended up coming out this last May and doing, um, Coca-Dona and that was yeah. And he ended up pacing Michael. 80, yeah. Michael Kirshen, 85 miles at Coca-Dona this last May. Wow.
2: So that, that was, was really
1: fun to have him invite Zach out after he, he loved running with him at Havilena. just meeting him just like saying, let's go.
2: <laughs> so I got to want him to be one of my paces at Coca-Dona.
0: So you want to do Coca Dona now?
2: Yeah, I do want to do Coca Dona
0: <laughs> next year. Or are you yeah. going to wait a year, a couple of years?
2: I want to do it next year.
1: I keep telling him yeah. we're going to wait until after UTMB before he makes that decision because you know we've had a big year, lots of yeah. hard, trials, lots of steep races, and I think his body might tell him something different than his mind's telling him right now after he finishes UTMB. <laughs> so
0: yeah.
1: we'll see after that.
0: We yeah, gotta- and that was. That was the last subject I was gonna cover was uh UTMB. So uh did you see did you know about UTMB from
2: the videos too? Is that how you discovered it? One I watched one video of these new guys into ultra running. Well not super new, but they're pretty new guys into ultrarunning and they're all trying and they're trying to get into UTMB. Yeah. It's cool. I don't remember the video too much though.
0: Yeah. So, so, which of your races did you? I forgot. They don't call them tickets to get into UTMB drawing. They call them index or something like that. What running stones. Stones. So, which race did? You, which races did you do that had running stones? Canyons. Yeah, canyons had some. And Spigo. Spigo. Yeah. And then you got some more at Western States, right?
1: Yeah. For yeah. this year. So last yeah. year, five tickets, three from canyons and two from Spigo. And this year, so far, he's earned two from—I mean, sorry, four from Western states—and then he'll earn. He's doing Speakout next week, and he'll—if he completes that race—he'll have two more stones.
2: So.
0: All right, but you got in on your first try in the drawing for UTMB too, right? Yeah. Lucky guy. Yeah. You're 21, so you're old. Do you all have lottery in Arizona?
1: <laughs> There's a lottery here, but we never play it.
2: <laughs> no, that's it. that's so I get it, and then I the lottery. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm doomed for the lot. Just
0: think, <laughs> if you won the lottery, especially right now, because it's like seven hundred million or something like that, you yeah. could re- you can register for every race.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: no problem. <laughs> you know, Coca Cola is what like fourteen hundred dollars. No big deal if you've
2: got seven hundred million in the bank, right? <laughs> yeah, <With> seven hundred <laughs> million. I'll just.
1: <laughs> not not a kick in the bucket right
2: but i heard a lot of people they win the lottery and then they go crazy and they lose the money in five years
0: yep yep it happens to a lot it of people.
2: Like a billion dollars
0: that's what the, the
2: smart ones
0: like us we never buy the tickets the ones that would do well with all that money we never buy the tickets
2: oh yeah because like you know the chances are low like i was trying to figure out how much people spent how much you'd have to spend to win. And, well, I was like figuring out the chances of how much money they get from the tickets based off the odds of the tickets and how much money um that's spent on tickets is way higher than the reward. Oh, yeah. It is not equal.
0: It's yeah. the odds to get into UTMB and in Western States are way better, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, they were, it would be. The odds of the lottery is like almost nothing. huh? Yeah, yeah I could wait years and several people buy loads of tickets and then one person yep. gets the lucky ticket yeah yep. so
0: utmb then so you must be doing lots of uh climbing getting ready for that race right lots of uphill running
2: i have not not recently after i finished western states but i'm going to get into it i think i'm going to get like 30,000 feet week wow so
0: that is that in august that race Late August or when is it? So,
1: yeah, UTMB, the hundred mile race starts September first.
0: September first. Okay. So you got a little time to get ready.
1: Yeah, he's got his yeah. first big climb this weekend. We're heading over to Flagstaff for a climb up Mount Humphreys, which is the tallest peak here in Arizona. So he's gonna do that run this Saturday.
0: Do you have some friends over in uh Flagstaff area to run with, or do you run by yourself?
2: I too much run by myself.
1: Yeah. Most of the time he runs by himself, but every once in a while, we, we, we've got somebody that he's going to meet up with this Saturday to do that run with. Um, and every once in a while we can find somebody to go with him.
0: Well, I've got, if you ever looking for, I've got a good friend that lives in Flagstaff who's a very talented runner and he's fast at, so he could keep up with Zach and, uh, and you know he loves challenging. You know workouts like running up the hills and that kind of stuff. So send me a message if you ever need somebody, and I'll put you in contact with him. Okay. Maybe, awesome. maybe I'll send you a, a suggestion anyway. You know a f- to follow him on Instagram, and you maybe y'all will uh, end up meeting at some point.
1: Awesome.
0: Thanks. His name is Zach. Zach Bush. He's a really nice guy. Zach Bush. Know oh, I Zach. Oh, you know Zach. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. I
1: met him at a race, I think past Mountain, long time ago, and we've been friends on Instagram since. And Okay. I haven't had a chance to meet up for a race, but he's been um, a fun person to interact with on social media.
2: And, and yeah, he and, is. Pretty, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he used to live in Florida, and so okay. he did his first 100-miler down in Florida, and it, it was like... 16 hours or something like that, which there was not a lot of elevation, but it's still, it was hot, you know, and so it's still pretty good for for sure. But anyway, well, so, uh, you're excited about UTMB, right? Yes. Well, well, keep me in mind in October, if you get bored, you can come over and help, uh, help me with my javelina dream for sure. I could use a, uh, pacer, and I've I've got one lady that's coming over with me, that she's going to crew and possibly pace to. and so and so I would love to have some extra help if you get bored and want to come run. a Couple About of two time.
1: months after UTMB, so it might be good timing. We'll keep you posted.
0: Good training, and I'd love to love to meet y'all in person.
1: That'd be fun.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Well, I I wish you the best of luck at um, UTMB. And so are there any other things that you've got that you're signed up for the rest of the year after that?
2: No, no.
0: i going to see how that, see how your body feels.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Speak out next week.
2: Oh yeah. Next week. Yeah.
1: And UTMB. And that's the only thing we have on the schedule. We're kind of keeping our mind on, um, on Coca-Dona and, you know, possibly, you know, shooting for some fun 50 Ks and things throughout the next year. So We'll, we'll see what we end up deciding upon, but um, definitely be out there doing something.
0: Well, if you all decide you want to come down to the southeast to uh, get some running in, do some races, I can give you some good suggestions. And If you want to come down to uh, Orlando and go see Mickey Mouse at Disney World, I can hook you up. My son and daughter-in-law work there.
1: <laughs> Fun, that'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so... That'll be I would love to to see y'all. And oh,
1: see wherever that we will let you know.
0: All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck again and I really thank y'all for your time. I oh what what the other thing I was gonna ask is about the documentary. So yeah. so is there a website or something that shows where it can be viewed or where it's going for people, you oh. know? To see?
1: Yeah, if you go to holthamilton.com, that's the director's website. Um, You can see the trailer to the documentary. You can see um, like a short kind of um, synopsis of what the film is about. Um, Currently, right now, we're showing in a few theaters. It'll be in our local theater here in um, uh, the White Mountains of Arizona um, on August 11th. Um, and then we'll probably have it in Flagstaff. We'll probably have it in the theater in Phoenix. And then our big goal is to get it streaming. So that's, you know, there's nothing concrete for that yet. We'll have to just keep everybody posted on our social media. So if you want to follow along, you can either go on the website, holthamilton.com or follow us on TikTok or Instagram at running.farther, and we'll just have updates on what's happening with the film. So as soon as it's available on some sort of streaming, then all of the people who want to see it that are just, I I just have to say be patient at this point, which is hard to say because I just want everybody to be able to go out and see it right now, but be patient. It'll come.
2: (laughs) So,
0: Well, I look forward to it because I watched the trailer earlier today and, but well, you can tell that it's a well-made film and I just very good job they did with the trailer to make you, you know, want to, want to go ahead and see it. And so I can't yeah. wait
1: for that. Well, good. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well have, have fun at Speed Goat next week. And I'll be watching on Instagram to see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Marty. Thank okay. You. Y'all take care. Wow. I really enjoy talking to Zach and his mom, Raina. He is one mentally tough young man. And he's a hard worker and he has got some grit and determination. I expect him to accomplish great things in his ultra running career. How about you? I'm going to put Zach's social media contacts in the show notes as well as the website for the documentary. I hope you show him some support. I think he is worthy of that. I want to sincerely thank you for sharing some of your mods with Marty today. I know there's lots of things out there that you could give 60 to 90 minutes of your time. And the fact that you chose me and my podcast and some of my awesome guests means the world to me. also want to remind you that we're sponsored by Squirrels Nut Butter and MetPro. Check them out on metpro.co online or at metproco on Instagram. Squirrel's Nut Butter comes in several different forms. Some of my favorites are the original Gangster, which comes in a plastic roll on type tube similar to deodorant, and it is an anti chafe, anti blister salve. It's always great. There's a new one that comes in a compostable tube that's entirely plant based. And then there's the Happy Toes. The Happy Toes is a medicated product that has peppermint and tea tree oils. And it does a great job with repairing dry and cracked skin whilst providing an anti-blister type lubricant for your feet as well. So check them out on squirrelsnutbutter.com. Spread the lube and your blister and chafing issues will no longer be issues.